Thank you for joining us on the Frank Sontag podcast. Uh, we are new to this medium, although I'm not necessarily new to the medium of whether it's visual. Uh, in fact, I have a funny story, speaking of visual medium, or the radio. I've been in radio 36 years. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, there's a phrase that's run through my head for many years. It's uh, beware the praise of the crowd. Let me try to break it down a little bit. I know the Bible alludes to, I think it's in Luke 6, 26, this idea of, you know, be careful. Um, in fact, let me just say this. When I first became a follower of Christ, I was amazed at the amount of expressions that secular society grabs a hold of that are actually scriptural. Um, in fact, I think a lot of people that rebel against God and culture if they knew that they were actually speaking scripture, they might do uh, themselves well to spend time reading the book. But I, I digress here. I think a lot of Christians would do better to read the book. So I'm a little wound up. Let me kind of just chop it out here. <sighs> Beware the praise of the crowd. Okay. I played a little ball in college and I got a little itch to do radio. What happened to me was in 1984, I was in a serious motorcycle crash. I should not have survived. In the aftermath and the healing process, I literally had the thought, what do I really want to do with my life? And radio kept coming up. Now, I'm a guy who dropped out of college twice because I was terrified to take a speech class. In fact, I'll tell you a short story. Maybe many of you have taken a speech class and you know it's the proverbial five minutes in front of the class on any topic whatsoever. I don't know these days, but there was a time where the biggest fear for people is public speaking. So I have a five minute assignment to speak in front of the class for the guys I played ball with during the class. That was intimidating enough, but I'm just going to get up there and I'm just going to talk about basketball, my love for basketball. No biggie, right? So I get up there and I freeze. One of the guys in the back, I want to just out him right now. This is 50 years ago. Uh, he was a uh, notable star locally, but I won't, I won't out him now. But he's in the back making faces at me and the other guys right away, they've got me and I completely blow it. And the professor says, see me after class. And the professor says, how hard is it to speak five minutes about something you love? And I said, I froze. It's scary to stand in front of a room of students that are, are waiting to hear what you're gonna say. Well, flash forward, uh, about 10, 15 years later, I find myself in an air studio taking over a talk radio program at the time at KLOS. Now I bargained for it, I petitioned, I wanted to be on the air. I got the bug in radio, thought I can do it. And then sitting behind a microphone with thousands and thousands of people listening to you with open phone lines is a whole nother dynamic. And literally my first year of being on air because I took it over from a guy that had done 10 years in LA radio, was a, a cornerstone, guy was kind of a legend. For the first year, I got people calling in, we don't like you, 
the other man's name was Michael. Where's Michael? You're not Michael. And for a year, I just got beat up pretty good. And I'm like, being in the public eye, everybody's got an opinion about you. And I remember thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. The first lecture I did, I rented a local auditorium, felt like I had to say something important now that I did a radio program. 13 people showed up. And I remember such a level of insecurity, I brought books. I thought if I get hung up, I'll just start reading out of a book. I could do that. There was a lady in the front row to the left. She kept looking at me and looking away and shaking her head and looking at me. It was very distracting. And finally, I'm trying to get some words together. And I say, are you all right? And she said, no. She said, I, I look at you. You're not Frank. I look away your Frank's voice because I'm in radio. People have all sorts of images of what you look like. So after she said that, somebody in the back row said, who are you? And I said, my name, Frank Sontag. And 10 of the 13 people came to hear somebody else talk in the lecture room above the library. And they literally got up and I did my first lecture in front of three people. So, you know the expression, we're from the school of hard knocks. Early on, I got a strong taste in my mouth. If you're a public figure, not everybody is gonna like you. So I also learned early on that what I say, I better mean. I was really taken aback by some public figures in radio, uh, shock jocks, where I came to found, find out, and literally, uh, I was privy to a meeting at the radio station I was at. We shared with a talk radio station. I was privy to a meeting where the afternoon talk show host sat around and they bantered about topics of the day. And I remember him saying, what's the most controversial position I can take on the air? And whatever the topic was, the producer said this, he goes, okay, that's what I'm gonna take. And I'm thinking, this guy's taking a position he doesn't even believe in, but yet it's all about controversy and, and sparking things up. And I learned early on, what comes out of my mouth is what I believe in that moment. Now, I'd like to think I'm not so stubborn that I never change. Beware the praise of the crowd. I've watched people in my three decades of being a public figure, high profile people, I could be a name dropper here, where their whole identity is born out of trying to be a celebrity and make everybody happy. Like that's their persona, that's their image. Uh, I've, I've seen pastors do this in mega churches. And it really troubles me because as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, my foundation is born out of Jesus. He is uh, my rock. I've been saved by a sacrifice on the cross. Um, and my identity is in him, in him, not in me. So one of the things I was very resistant to doing early on was, was speaking out. My first few years in radio, I was kind of Switzerland. I was lukewarm. I wouldn't really take a position. I got early on, people are not going to like you. Uh, I remember standing in line at a Ralph's locally and I'm in radio. Nobody knows what I look like. I'm in radio and I'm checking out and the cashier goes, will that be anything else? And I said, no, thank you. 
the person next to me looked at me and go, are you Frank Sontag? And I'm like, yeah. And the guy says, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what did I say, right? So one of the blessings of being in, in, in this position for all this time, uh, I, I've really kind of had to decide uh, my my merit, if you will, where, where I really stand on topics. And I've gotten to a place when I started a men's ministry, KMG Ministries, uh, about uh, seven, eight years ago. I have a men's ministry where I think the greatest crisis in our country is men not being men, uh, men being placated to the back 40. We live in a time when in the public discourse, there's this debate over gender, like somehow there's no male or female. You can be, I watched some crazy video the other night. I didn't understand half of the terminology, but this person identified as, I don't know, a unicorn or something. And I'm like, they really believe and they were adamant about it. We've lost our way as a society. The moorings have come loose. Morality is out the window. And yet everybody has a flippant opinion. You go to Twitter or X now, and everybody's got an opinion. I've got a good friend who plays pro football. He's a lineman for the Vikings. He's a humble, quiet, God-fearing, Christ-loving man. 6'7", 320, and he's like a big, gentle, big puppy dog. Nothing bothers him. And yet every year, every season, he gets hammered. By the public, uh, you know, he's an awful lineman. He should do this, should do that. All of the pressures, um, I'm, I'm going to speak a language somebody in the room here knows where I'm talking about, like LeBron James. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but I'll tell you this much. For this guy to be in the public for all of these decades doing what he does, I've never really seen him in controversy I'm not going to really get into the weeds about the Kobe thing in Denver and some other high profile. I knew Michael Jordan years ago. He's a notorious gambler, et cetera, et cetera. LeBron has just basically stayed out of trouble. And yet this guy constantly is either exalted or ridiculed. How do you stay sane in a world where millions of people, wherever you go, they think they know who you are and they judge you. This is a crazy world we live in. And I think we probably would do best. The Bible says, be slow to speak. Uh, everybody's got an opinion. I, I was at the Clipper Warrior game the other night, sitting behind a guy that he was up, chirping on about the way things should be coached. And I'm like, this guy's probably never played competitive basketball in his life. Um. And I just don't want to sit here and, and bloviate and go on and on like just a big emotional rant. So what's the nuts and bolts of what I'm trying to say here? Our culture has lost its way. And yet, I think for so many of us, we have this dire need to be liked. I, I think of um, celebrities. Like I was in the rock world for 20 some years. Uh, I, I know some people that if you're into rock and roll music, I can name drop. And um, 
most of them are real insecure people that are shy and a lot of substance abuse, a lot of alcoholism, a lot of broken relationships. And yet they get on stage and God's given them this gift of music. The world of public opinion and beware the praise of the crowd is like a two-edged sword. And so I'm just going to ask you, um, are you careful of the way you, you speak? Whether it's in social media or in surroundings. I, I hope and pray one day we're going to get my wife in here and talk about marriage, how we speak to each other. You know, words are powerful. Um, one of my good friends is... Uh, He's a former GM of the Dodgers. First name that I'll name drop. His name is Kevin Malone. We're going to have Kevin on the program. He, um, he now heads up a sex trafficking ministry. He was called to Vegas. This guy is in the pit of hell. This guy is trying to save kids from being exploited and trafficked. In the last 10 years, we've um, finally started to talk about this dark reality of sin that we're a part of. And yet the majority of people think sex trafficking, that's got to be in Thailand. That's got to be in other parts of the world. Hey, it's right here in the USA. Super Bowl, more kids are trafficked on that day. And yet Kevin has learned because as a GM of the Dodgers, he got in some trouble, mouthing off, lost his gig, he's learned to be slow to speak. But when he speaks now, it's righteously indignant. He knows his place. Jesus, when he walked the planet, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of just let loose a little bit here. I, I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. Pastor Vody Bauckham talks about the sissified Jesus where, you know, he's love and he's compassion and he's forgiving and he's all of that then and now. But Jesus is a warrior. This, this guy, he turned over the money changers twice. He formed a whip. I, I've really never heard a pastor talk about those moments where willfully, you talk about angry, he formed a whip and drove everybody out of the temple and all the animals out. Jesus was angry. He called the religious elite vipers and hypocrites. So that kind of anger is justified. And yet, I, I think some of us equate human anger versus righteous indignance. And we get all emotional. We get all wound up and everybody pontificates and has a view. Um, the body of Christ, the church, is so potentially powerful. And yet, one man's view, me, I look at the church now and culture. Is the church forming culture or is the culture forming the modern church? I've never been a pastor. Praise God, God hasn't cut me that way. That's not my foundation. So I have to be very careful about um, speaking out against certain pastors before we did this, I was reading an article. I'll name this pastor. His name is Mark Driscoll. He got in some hot water 10 years ago. And yet I follow him now on social media. I think the man is brilliant. So I'm putting my butt out there right now because people are going to go, oh, he ruined his church. He's that. He's this. I was just reading this, this feed on Twitter 
where all these people had an opinion about Mark Driscoll. He did this. He shouldn't be a pastor, blah, blah, blah. Whatever happened to, you know, it's between you and God. Whatever happened to be, be, be coming from a place of just treading lightly. And yet everybody's got an opinion now. We've got social media, people on Twitter who you'll never meet can call you some of the most vile names. I mean, what's happened to our culture? Um, sometimes I take a break from social media and sometimes I go back on. Have you gone on Twitter lately? Uh, I've got, I don't know, I've got a few followers on Twitter. And the temperament of people, it's like now anger and just being vile is is the, the rule of the day. It's, you know, I think of what happened in Israel recently. I wasn't there, but I'm not stupid. You know, I, I could see in videos the, the barbarity and evil of what transpired. And yet we have people saying it's propaganda. It never really happened. Or it was all Israel. I mean, this is, Dr. King used to say, man's inhumanity to man. This is who we are. This is where the Bible clearly illuminates that we are truly depraved at the heart level. And that we need a savior. I didn't buy it for years. I was a new age teacher that spouted love and kumbaya and all that stuff. And yet, at my heart level, I wasn't right with God. And when you talk about evil now, we're, we're living at a time where evil basically doesn't even hide itself anymore. You know, you may be watching this lens and going, eh, I'm not buying it. Follow me on, on Instagram at Frank Sontag and look at the video I posted. There, there's a group of people, and I'll keep it short because we're running out of time. There's a video of a group of people where the question was um, something to the effect of, it was a controlled uh, um, um, experiment. There's a guy behind the camera and is, is evil real. Um, one guy steps up. And says, yeah, it's real. And he starts talking about he's a Christian. Everybody's laughing. And then people sit down um, one by one. Uh, one person was laughing and mocking. Um, you know, the, the whole Genesis story. Like, no, I think the serpent had it right. There's something about people trying to become so intelligent that they're godlike. This is, um, there's a lot of words for it. Um, it's evil uh, masking itself as good and good is now called evil. It's Isaiah 520. When do we speak out? You know, I've met a lot of indifferent, indifferent passive people that say it's not my business. I, I just have to shut my mouth, keep my side of the fence clean. I think of my buddy, Kevin Malone, who leads a sex trafficking ministry in Las Vegas, where every day he's on the front lines of hell. And this guy, his temperament, his demeanor is nothing but righteously indignant. Where are the people that get involved to stop this stuff? So in my men's ministry, we oftentimes talk about a call to arms, challenging men to step up, 
be a protector, be a provider. Um, you know, videos are everywhere now. Social media is here to stay. There was a video the other day of a guy, an 87 year old woman had her purse stolen. A guy went outside, apprehended the guy and beat the living tar out of him. And I'm like, amen. And there were people, oh, he's too violent. The guy didn't deserve that. Seriously? I know as a Christian, if somebody came in my house and was hurting my family, I wouldn't put my arms around them and tell them I love them. Please stop. You know, God didn't make men that way. So I guess maybe that's my seminal call as I close down. Be slow to speak, but when you speak, know what you're talking about. And if you're righteously indignant, make sure you're grounded in scripture and speak out against evil. Your words make a difference, but don't tolerate wrong. Don't be indifferent. Don't be a part of the problem. My goodness, I think of the churches that spout this warm, lukewarm gospel where they don't even talk about sin. They don't even talk about hell anymore. Everybody's blessed. Everybody's best day is here to come. And I'm thinking, I'm a nominal Christian. The last book of the Bible, Jesus isn't coming back to give out free hugs if you read Revelation. Seriously, I hear about this loving Jesus who died on a cross and loves everybody. And yet the same dude's coming back. He's going to right all wrongs. Seriously? So maybe if ever there was a time to get right with God, I would say it's now. If you're not right with God, you better check yourself. God made you in his image with a purpose and a plan for your life. And if you do know who you are and have a relationship with God and you're right with God, it's time to take up arms, not literally, not guns, but in the spiritual realm with prayer and to pray against this stuff. And I guess the very last little spin is, what an exciting time to be alive. I mean, it's a crazy time. It's a scary time, but God gives you breath in your lungs right now. Do you think he woke you up this morning, gave you breath in your lungs to, I don't know, grow your social media, make a few more bucks in the bank, um, you know, go work out at the gym, do some more curls, look at yourself in the mirror, I'm good. Now he, he, he gives you breath in your lungs to, like I look at Jesus, the selfless servant, to serve other people, to love other people, to make a difference in the world. God has a fire in your heart that maybe you've not even 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 sense that warmth, but we're here to take care of each other. Jesus said the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. The two greatest commandments. God's commanding us right now. The two greatest commandments. Are you all in? Or are you say not today? I pray you're all in today. And at the very least, Get right with God today. If we could be of assistance at all and help you, we have a men's ministry, KMG Ministries. The, the link is on our, uh, our podcast page. And uh, pray for us as we continue to do more podcasts. We're going to have some guests on. This is something I fought for a long time. And now the Frank Sontag podcast is off and running. We are, uh, we're in the air. And we are uh, excited about what God's going to do. Um, pray for us. Don't be silent today. And uh, know 
that Jesus did die on a cross for you so that you can have salvation. He did say, deny yourself and pick up your cross. And uh, my goodness gracious, today's the day the Lord has made. Make a difference in somebody's life. Coach Wooden used to tell us, a good person, a good man is doing something for somebody else that no one will ever know about. So do something radical and love somebody else and don't look around and don't post the video on your Facebook page. Just do it because you want to love somebody else more than yourself. I think I've said enough. God bless you. Follow us at the Frank Sontag Podcast. Have a blessed day. Jesus is Lord. Thanks for watching.